freestyle to me means more than just the stroke. If you like think about the word freestyle, it's like you can do your own thing and you can like make it what you want it to be and make this sport what you want it to be and do it kind of your own way. Miguel does it one way and I do it another way and you do it another way. And I don't know, as we start to build this community, I feel like Freestyle Try is, has just become like this great name to describe who we are and who we want to become. Setting the bar high in life can be challenging. While chasing our passion and curiosity to experience struggle and eventually finding success, stories are valuable in ways we may never understand until that one person says something that resonates with us, then boom, it all clicks. This is the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. Welcome back to the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. My guests today are Jenna and Miguel. Jenna and Miguel produce and create their own YouTube around their triathlon training and lifestyle. Miguel is a swim coach for Working Triathlete, and Jenna is a senior photo and video manager at Hungry Root. You can find Jenna and Miguel on Instagram and YouTube at Freestyle Try. Welcome to the Bar High Podcast, guys. Thank you so much. For finally getting in touch with me and and setting up this time and date to to do this, I I mean I, you know I completely understand. I'm sure on your end you're like Frig Spencer wanted to do a podcast today, but we can't. We got something going on. Um, I I've been there, so I can totally relate. That's why I'm just like okay, yeah, no, it's all good. I got a million other things to do as well, so it's all good. Um, but how have four you guys weeks been? in the making, we did yeah, it. Four, <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, and you know like. You know, watching your guys' YouTube videos and, and your training, Miguel, you just had like a 5K race, or you guys both did the 5K race not too long ago, right? Miguel did the 5K race. I was just on. You on, did it on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> I biked it. Yeah, and next to me. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> got to make the content. That's right. You know, uh, that's one thing that, so my girlfriend's name is Erin, um, that we both try to juggle as well. Like she's now just becoming more comfortable with the, the GoPro and, and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, at first it was just me running around with it on my chest and on my head and, you know, having the long extension cord or, or the uh, GoPro arm. And yeah, it, it becomes quite challenging when you're you're the main photographer and or sorry, videographer. And but now she's starting to, you know, pressure me to like, oh, we got to record today. or Oh, we didn't you know record this. We should record that. And I'm just like, OK, good. Like this is starting to come to a balance. Um, so first <laughs> off, um, can you guys introduce yourselves to my audience? What do you do? Where are you from? Jenna. Um, I'm Jenna. Um, I am a senior photo and video manager at Hunger Root, which is like a grocery delivery service. Um, Miguel and I live in the Bay Area uh, near San Francisco, California. It's Beautiful. gorgeous here all year round. Amazing. Um, and yeah, we train for triathlons and have a YouTube channel together. Yeah, I'm Miguel. Um, similar story, living here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I uh, basically train full-time for triathlons these days. I do a bit of swim coaching with my team, Working Triathlete, um, and also kind of manage the YouTube channel full-time, um, you know, editing videos and making sure we're, uh, you know, hopefully setting ourselves up for long-term success with the channel um getting so, integrated yeah. to the algorithm 
the yes <laughs> that's great tough that's great game to yeah no doubt I, yeah it is definitely a grind especially with the seo and all that craziness and yeah we'll, we'll get into that so um were you guys both born and raised in the bay area i'm not from the states by the way so i might mix some mm-hmm. things up i'm i'm straight on canadian um just outside of toronto but yeah so we can tell um yeah can you tell <laughs> yeah you can make fun of me at any time I'm i love totally it for no it. no please don't, please no, don't you're hold too back. nice for that <laughs> thank you appreciate it yeah so born and raised in in the in the bay area yeah 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 so we're both born and raised here um we both actually grew up swimming and miguel grew up in the north bay area i grew up in the east bay area and i'm guessing we probably swam at hundreds of meets together growing up but didn't actually meet each other until we were both living in new york okay um, what like five years ago yeah so i went to school in new york um i went to fordham university and also swam there but literally like we probably went to hundreds of age group <laughs> swim meets growing up that is not an exaggeration um but i swam out there and then got a job in new york so i was living in brooklyn and i, I moved out there after graduating from college i went to college in southern california um and decided that new york was like the great adventure that i always wanted to have so okay. moved out there and and we were both living active lifestyles obviously and mm-hmm. um we're you know both found ourselves going to the local brooklyn metropolitan pool it was like a like a tiny little rec center with three lanes it cost 25 dollars a year to join <laughs> wow um, steal yeah, uh, kinda. You get what you pay for. <laughs> well, true. When you have three lanes, and now how many people are in those yeah. lanes? You yeah, exactly. don't want to know. But <laughs> because there are so many people and it's such a diverse crowd, you can easily pick out who the real swimmers are. Okay. Um, so obviously, like we're in the middle lane, which is the quote-unquote fast lane, and we're looking at each other like, "Can you believe these people that like don't know how to swim?" <laughs> you know. Um, the connection was but, built right there because like that's the yes. thing with swimmers, right? They know like, oh man, there's the new guy. He's flopping around, arms are flailing, flailing everywhere, and like, <laughs> oh, I get it, I get it. So I keep going. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, so, you know, despite growing up in the Bay Area and probably seeing each other a bunch of times growing up, um, we didn't really meet until living in Brooklyn. Um, Jenna had a boyfriend for the first year and a half or so of uh, us swimming at the Met Pool together. Um, and then, uh, you know, some time went on and got together. Awesome. So now... Uh, what brought you guys? Okay, so you went to New York for for school. I, I I'm just gonna bring this back and I'm gonna come back to this. So I'm just right. curious. Uh, what yeah. did you go to? What did you go to school for, Miguel? I studied marketing. Um, okay. So I was in the undergrad business school at Fordham. Um, you could say my double major was swimming. It was a Division <laughs> One swim program. So the the swim programs get. A little bit intense. It wasn't like, you know, the big D1 schools like the Stanford's and the Berkeley's of the world, but it was a competitive conference and required a lot of attention. Um, But yeah, studied marketing. So bringing that career path back into a somewhat relevant manner doing the YouTube stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it makes sense, though. Like it's like, you know, 
when you get into the whole YouTube space, you know, it's nice when you have those past experiences or knowledge that you've learned and being able to really integrate it and, and build it out to be um, something of your own business, right? Um, so now with the, the swimming, was that kind of like your, your main goal? Was, were you trying to take that somewhere as a career choice? Or was it just kind of like, you know, see where it goes and hope for the best? Yeah, I mean, it... It's tough. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day, but I always consider myself like very good at sports growing up, very good at swimming, um, and then went to college, you know, obviously a D1 swim program, and I was good, but I was never the best at anything I did. I was never exceptional. Um, I was exceptional if you put me uh, in the right crowd, but, you know, there's always something more and people that are going a lot faster. Right. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be like a professional career path, but I knew um, at the time, like the things I was learning about just, you know, putting your head down, getting the work done and, and kind of the discipline that this sport required through college and achieving these mini goals that you set before yourself. Um, we're going to lead somewhere, you know, For sure. it's definitely not going to be a pro swimming track, but it's going to be something. Um, and, you know, here I am kind of exercising that discipline <laughs> and knowledge that I, I took from those four years of swimming. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, um, you know, I, I couldn't have imagined it would lead to like a triathlon career like I'm pursuing right now, but it, right. it helps to have that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the swim, I mean, allows you to really get a big step in the race, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are out there for, depending on the duration of it too, like if you're doing a sprint, like people could maybe catch up on you or whatever. Um, but like for those longer distances, um, the, the swim is, it, it really creates a big gap in a lot of those athletes. And if you are, you know, out of the water in the top 10, you know, and it just makes everybody behind you really have to put in some hard work to catch up to you guys. Um, so having the, the swim component is, is, is massive. Okay. So, um, you did the marketing, you did the swimming and then you went to Brooklyn. Brooklyn was for just like living, you were done school at this point and you were just kind of exploring, you know, adulthood, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, Fordham is in the Bronx, um, and swimming in the Bronx, I didn't really get the opportunity to, like, go live a New York life. <laughs> like, going to school and swimming in the Bronx, I didn't really yep. get to go to Manhattan a whole lot and, and do that whole thing. So my first choice on getting a job was to be located in New York so I okay. could stay there and live an adult life there. Um, Brooklyn cheaper than living in Manhattan so right. I was commuting on a on a single speed bike to work across the Williamsburg Bridge every day from wow. Brooklyn to Manhattan um, I made an agreement with myself that no matter what the weather was I would still be biking to work <laughs> I was just thinking that in my head I'm like it could be rain it could be snowing there and it snows pretty bad out it, that way too you don't right? want to so, know the type of temperature or like the type of weather me. that you I'm, I'm impressed wild. I'm impressed I'm impressed what was your job at the time um, I worked for a digital health company, um, and I was doing various marketing roles, sales and marketing roles for them. It was a startup at the time I joined when it was like, I don't know, 15 people. Um, and by the time it grew to around 60 people is when the pandemic happened. Okay. And there's a whole part two of our relationship story <laughs> where that brought us back here. Um, I'll let Jenna tell that. But uh, yeah, I was. it was more just kind of 
sales and marketing, trying to figure things out, trying to piece together how to sell a product, sell software to hospitals. Okay. Awesome. Great story, by the way, because like, that's cool. Cause like, you know, how you just said, Jenna's going to take over the, that second phase of you know, <laughs> going from where you, where you guys were to where you are now. But Jenna, I would like to talk to you about your experience now going into, you know, going to New York and, uh, you know, what you did for schooling and stuff. So if you could please share a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So I went to school down in Southern California at Pomona College. Um, okay. It's a, tiny little liberal arts college down like 45 minutes outside of LA. Um, it's just a beautiful campus. Um, I studied media studies there, which okay. directly relates to our YouTube channel. Yeah, um, yeah. Mostly on the production track, but like it was a very like liberal artsy experience. Lots of media history, media theory, just like well-rounded. Um, a lot of people from, yeah, it was really, it was really fun. Um, mm. A lot of people after school wanted to go to LA just to like get into the industry. And right. I knew that that was like the last thing that I wanted to do. Okay. Um, so my older yeah, brother lived in like New York. Isn't like LA the hot spot? Like everybody like, oh, you're <laughs> in LA, you gotta Hollywood. be around all the It's, all, it's where yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood is. And yeah. It's like the dream. Yeah, I, I mean, if you wanna be in filmmaking, yes, but I didn't wanna be. I don't know, just like grabbing coffee and running errands yeah, for right, right. three years of my life before I like got to do something exciting. And mm. I was just really pumped to, um, I don't know, try to make a difference in some way. Um, my After my junior year of college, I actually had an internship in New York for like this small health and fitness company. And I was like their video intern and okay. had actually like cold emailed um, the CEO at the time, basically saying, hey, you don't do video stuff. I want to do video stuff for you. Hire me. So he's like, sure, yeah, we'll hire an intern for the summer. Come on out. And I absolutely love the experience. It was so fun. I lived in Manhattan and it was just a great time to be able to um, to like create content for this yeah. like website and like right. see my stuff on the site, on Facebook, getting traction, like really helping the business. So at That's the end massive. of my senior what, what, year, I reached business? back out. What, what business was It was that? called Greatest. Okay, um, cool. Called Greatest. It no longer exists. We were acquired by another company. Um, oh. That's what I did before I started at Hungry Root. But anyway, so at the end of my senior year, I reached back out and was like, hey, do you want somebody in the house again for video right. stuff? And they were like, absolutely, come on board. We're building out our entire video department. Let's do it. So I was like, all right, pack my bags, heading to New York. And wow. I'm so, so glad that I did that. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Well, I, I mean, think, sorry, go ahead, Miguel. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, first of all, the irony of our situation now is that I'm editing all the videos and like doing all the media <laughs> stuff for our YouTube flipped. channel. And Jenna's like managing the business and like right. actually going through all the stuff you would have learned in business school. But, um, right. but I also want to. It's great. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's nice because we're confident we each can do it all. Like if right. she needs to step in and edit videos, like she can do that. If I need to step in and do something yeah. on that and like I can do that. And I, I think it comes from like, I mean, one of the things that I'm realizing now is like the importance of not putting any part, like as you're growing up, not putting any part of your skill set on the back burner 
but like mm. continuing to foster these things that like you have interested in you're you're interested in or you're a little good at like mm. i took a film class in high school like a documentary film class and i really enjoyed editing and filmmaking so i did a little bit of that in college like wherever i could volunteered for the athletic department like doing various things like that um and jenna just as she's talking about like hustling and emailing the ceo of a company and trying to like get her way in get her foot in the door at a at a company like sets her up to know how to <laughs> like manage a, a business like you right. need to Absolutely. do these things when you're trying yeah. to like form partnerships and mm -hmm. um create opportunities for your business but i i don't know i I don't, that's kind of a tangent, but like, don't limit yourself to the things that you're like, I'm studying this and I'm just going to do that. But, yeah. you know, I think what's helped mm -hmm. us today is like being open to doing all of these different things. And that's hundred percent. It's helped us a lot. Yeah, no. And that's really cool. I love hearing your backstory and now looking at, you know, where you guys are now with your filming and your marketing stuff like that. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's really professional. And, you know, that what really attracted me to wanting to connect with you guys, um, because like, you know, that was one of the main things of my podcast is like chasing curiosity. And I'm like, OK, what did they how did they get to where they are now? Like, yeah, I get it. We have like um, relatability, like because my girlfriend, and I train triathlon or whatever, too. Right. But like I want to I wanted to understand like what like allowed you guys to get into the position that you're at now and you know jenna on your cold calling i love it like you know it's those things that you need to do to to create the future that you want from your, for yourself right and and mm -hmm. miguel just saying how like don't neglect the things that you've learned in your past because you just never know when they're going to come to the surface again and you could continue to kind of like not necessarily keep the um, blade sharp all the time but enough that it's still you know able to work and do its job and now you guys are really able to you know dig deeper into using those skills um to to build out your future um but you know it, it, it's really cool how you know jenna you weren't afraid to do that as well right so there's a lot of risk there you know both of you guys packing up and i don't know exactly what the hour duration is or the miles would be to go from you know where you guys are now and then going all the way into new york but i mean that's that's scary for anybody right being in the big apple and stuff like that uh i've been to new york once and just being there you could feel the energy you could feel how high traffic it is and you know it's just one of those things that a lot of people are like shy to do um, when it comes down to taking risk or being curious about certain things, right? Um, you know, and it goes to show where you guys are at now with building out your YouTube and your content. You can see you guys are constantly um, expanding. And even for you too, Miguel, now being a swim coach as well, like I'm sure you had, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to be a swim coach or was it one of those things that you're like, <laughs> ah, I'll see what happens and hopefully people will become better? Like, yeah, that, uh... I mean, there are a lot of things that have kind of developed at first as necessity because right. I think pretty much like almost a year ago, maybe like 10 months ago, um, you know, I, uh, I left my job. I left my full-time job. Um, and this is like, after, you know, mid-pandemic still, um, but... When I decided to leave my job and pursue triathlon full-time, um, I knew that I needed sources of income. <laughs> I couldn't right. just like, I'm a triathlete now and I'm going to make money. Or even just like, I'm a triathlete with a YouTube channel. I'm going to make enough money. Right. Um, 
And at that time, we were not making any money on our YouTube channel. We were making very minimal. We were only making money through, like, the YouTube AdSense stuff, which is, like, like $30 a month. Yeah. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, So, you know, things kind of came up as, like, trial and error. Like, let's see how I can make some money. I started coaching at, um, like, the local team that I actually grew up swimming for here. Like, teaching kids. Yeah. because I was, we swim for their master's swim program, good relationship with the coaches, but then started talking with my triathlon coach about like developing kind of a swim arm to their coaching business. Um, so that's, uh, that's happened. And, um, swim analyses. and then kind of like swim analyses too. So I have a buddy who has an endless pool and if people are interested, they can come in and oh, we'll perfect. film them and I'll sit down with them for an hour and help them figure out kinks in their stroke so all sorts of different things kind of like how how can we how can we make this happen and um you know almost a year later it's there are a lot of ups and downs still a ton of downs right like there's no way i'm making as much money as i was with a (laughs) full-time job job, but (laughs) um but i'm impressed that we've made it 10 months doing this and you know things are only looking better and better um because you know we're now just finally like starting to form meaningful partnerships with brands that we want to be working with and that we fully support and um you know we're you know actually starting a business it's not just a youtube channel now but we have pretty ambitious plans to like actually do something with this so well, it's cool. It's the, it's the consistency, man. It's the fact that you guys just keep showing up, right? And like you said, there's a lot of downs, but you know, nobody else on the outside knows that. Because when you keep mm-hmm. delivering and delivering and delivering, you know, it, it builds that traction and it has that snowball effect. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing that I'm happy for you, man, that you're now starting to see things are coming together. And you took the risk once again to, to part way part ways from your job and then commit full time to being a triathlete um, and then also having to do the other, you know, things. I, I don't want to say that you don't want to do, but, you know, doing the other things that are relatable to your profession to not only make you um, a better triathlete, but also giving back to the sport as well, which is which is massive um, because I still think uh, – I want to say triathlete is still kind of new to a lot of people, right? I think once they hear the word mm-hmm. Iron Man, they're kind of already turned off and scared. Like, I don't want to sweat. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, and yep. it kind of ends there. But now it's starting to become a thing where, you know, people are, you know, you got the PTO and all that other stuff, right? The different tiers that are coming um, down the pipeline um, for, for athletes. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You stay consistent with it. And, you know, th- that will pay you one corner. And then also with the YouTube, right, educating and, like, you You've probably inspired so many people, especially being couples as well, to show that you, you know, anything is possible, right? And and having a partner that also can sh- um, love the experience along the way with you, which is also very like impactful you know like like i said my girlfriend i love watching your guys stuff because they're like you know you give us ideas on certain things that we want to go do as well right and film and and whatever but um let's 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 go back now to okay uh where jenna was going to explain the pandemic so the pandemic kind of changed your guys whole game plan you guys were living in brooklyn right so you met uh jenna you had part ways with your partner you guys started to kick it Mm -hmm. off and uh did you guys start living together in brooklyn or did you guys make a decision to go and live together back in um, where you guys are now? 
Yeah, so we started dating in August of 2019. Okay. Um, so wow, like, same time my girlfriend I and I did too. I'm not even lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. Like, are okay. we going to be best friends? Is yeah, that I think so. <laughs> yeah, that, that oh just happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, what, we were dating for like eight months pre-pandemic. Um, in December of 2019, Miguel was thinking about moving back to California for like a new job opportunity and... I'm assuming decided to stay because he really wanted to see things out with me. And I said that I was Amazing. not going to go to California. I was moments away from accepting <laughs> a great job opportunity in San Francisco. Right. And I told everyone, no, Jenna's not the reason why I turned down this job. But okay. like, probably had a huge part in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Once you guys in the back eyes, of my head. in the pool yeah. and you're like, you know, yeah. I respect <laughs> your, your, yeah. your lane. Uh, <laughs> Swimming experience? Yeah, done deal. It's okay. I mean, I would look really good in a swim cap, so he just couldn't resist. (laughs) Couldn't resist. Good choice, Miguel. Good choice. (laughs) Anyway, so it was, I don't know, late February, early March of 2020, and my older brother had been in... in Southeast Asia for the last couple months. And he was coming back early from his trip because he was like, I'm hearing about this coronavirus thing that's going around in Asia. Mm -hmm. So he like flies out of Hong Kong. Everybody there has like N95 masks, is like suited up in like hazmat suits. And he flies into JFK airport and nobody cares. Just coronavirus is not on anybody's radar. And so he calls me and he's like, listen, Jenna, it's not here right now, but it's coming. And I know that it's coming very, very soon. And it's going to be horrible once it hits New York. So he's like, we could either live it out in New York, just stay in our tiny little apartments, or we could try to go find like a better quality of life elsewhere outside of the city. We don't know how long this is going to last. And talked to Miguel about it and he was kind of unconcerned at the time but I like kept on pushing like maybe we just go with Sean he'll like help us with this he'll I don't know pay for most of this Airbnb that we're gonna rent and we finally decided to do it so the early stages of this too you got to realize like everybody who brought it up kind of sounded crazy like Jenna's explaining this to me and I'm like what are you (laughs) talking like every what are you talking about like yeah yeah. I mean I got some extra toilet paper but like we're good (laughs) yeah oh yeah the toilet paper meanwhile (laughs) I forgot about that that's right no meanwhile my whole family don't worry I had a freak out (laughs) my girlfriend was like you Miguel like she was like why like why are we buying all this stuff I don't even eat this food sorry i'll let you keep going <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no but i mean it ended up being the right thing to do so yeah. we also have family my my family has family over in the east coast um so we were able to borrow my uncle's truck we loaded up basically everything that we needed i like was taking all the photos for my company at the time right so i packed up all of my like company stuff and was like listen boss like i'm gonna get my shit done do not worry about me. I'm just going to head to the wilderness right now. Right. And yeah. we like drove two hours to Pennsylvania and stayed in this house out there together with my brother and one of his friends for a month, six weeks. And I mean, it was at the time of the pandemic too, where everybody was like, oh yeah, like we'll shut down the office for a week and then mm-hmm. we'll be back afterwards. And then the week happens. Were you working we're like, All right, in we're the gonna office this. at that time? So I was working up until like the beginning of March and then we went full remote for like a week at a time. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we, I mean, they just kept on saying it's just going to be longer and longer and longer. And we're like, clearly there is no end in sight. Right. And I literally just disappeared. Like, I remember in being in the truck to Pennsylvania, like, emailing my boss and my coworkers, being oh. like, so I'm not coming back. What? I, I'm working remote now. It, well, I don't all... know why your, why your company wasn't concerned. Like, you guys yeah. were a healthcare it, company. It, it, yeah, it yeah, was... Yeah. I mean, no one knew, and everyone was just kind of, like, looking to the CDC for guidelines, and everyone was like, yeah, everything's fine. Like, if you want to tell people to optionally work from home, like, that's fine. And right. so I was like, they're going to be okay with this. Oh, it, it'll, it'll work out. So Yeah. So um, any, anyway, long story short, we spent, like, six weeks in Pennsylvania, and then we were like, where else can we go? We aren't going to the office anytime soon. So right. I think Miguel found this like awesome Airbnb down in Tennessee. So we drove down to Tennessee, ended up staying there for two months, and then this is like rural, rural Tennessee. Like this is the like, middle of nowhere. Yeah, we oh, we had wow. to drive up like a dirt road on top of a mountain to get right. the, to this like it was a mansion. It was huge, oh, wow. but like. And we got this great deal, stayed there for two months. Um, we And we picked all of our houses, all of our Airbnb houses, like next to lakes and places oh, we could run. And at the time you guys ride, were training we for triathletes or triathlons? Yep. Yeah, because yeah, we're like, we're like, races are still going to happen, right? right. And yeah. so like, we're still Maybe. training through all this. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so like Tennessee was awesome. Then we found another great place in vermont so we drove oh, uh, uh vermont but before sad. that i bought a car in tennessee mm. um and you know to just lug all of our stuff around um yeah and then we were up in vermont for a month and miguel was like listen we can't just live on the road for right. this whole time um yeah we had both actually moved out of our apartments and just like put our stuff in storage so we only had a few boxes and mm. miguel was like why don't we drive back to California. And at that point, I was like, all right. Done deal. <laughs> We're Finally on an adventure, so. Yeah. <laughs> and that was about a four-week trip. I mean, the drive is probably like, you could make that cross-country drive, I don't know, in three days if you just like drove straight through, but we right. planned little stops. So we only drove over weekends because we were both still working remotely. Right. Um, but we, you know chose our spot strategically so we could go on like fun bike rides and That's you know awesome. actually do some fun stuff along the yeah. way um and during this whole time i remember this started when we were in pennsylvania jenna was like you know i want to like try to you know not vlog i don't think you said the word vlog but like make a video a day right mm, um yeah. And yeah, that was going to be my next you, question. You went <laughs> on and <laughs> off at like making a little video a day. <laughs> um, but that, that was in like March of 2020. And I think yeah. I made one video yeah. on one day. And you're like, I'm going to do it every day. <laughs> it's <laughs> a grind if you're doing it every day. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think our first quarantine purchase, everyone got, you know, bought something in quarantine. Right. Um, Jenna bought a drone. <laughs> so when we were in... Pennsylvania when we were in Tennessee we were like taking out the drone and just playing around with it um and by the time we got back to California like after this entire trip we were like 
we like why didn't we document any of this like <laughs> right. this was just like the coolest adventure yeah. like i mean it was unfortunate the circumstances so, obviously but what triggered this um, what triggered this for you jenna i'm just curious what, what like why yeah. did you want to start to vlog your 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 travels i i think i just wanted a creative outlet that wasn't work like, uh, I was so in the weeds of taking photos of food every single day. Right, yeah. And I was like, this, like, scratches something in me, but mm. it, like, doesn't scratch another creative thing in me right. that I really want to tap into. I, I mean, just personally had also been thinking, like, you know, what I am doing myself in the city, I'm, like, working full time. I'm starting to train a little bit for triathlons, like, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is a really cool experience, and I wanted to start a YouTube channel. I just didn't know what didn't. on. Yeah, I didn't know how to. I guess when I stopped working at Greatest, when Greatest was acquired and everybody was let go I was doing freelance work and like Mm. working um for we work at the time um just doing like I don't know cataloging and SEO stuff on YouTube Mm -hmm. so I was on YouTube a lot and sitting in a room by myself with YouTube videos in one corner while I was like doing my actual work in the other corner and I think I just figured at that point like wow this is really cool what is going on on YouTube? There wasn't that much um, like triathlon content on YouTube, right. but the things that I saw, I was really into, and honestly thought like I can do better than Amazing. what people are doing on here. And I also didn't see a lot of like women on YouTube right. and like women of color on YouTube and just people of color doing triathlon stuff on YouTube. So I like saw a hole there, and I think it was when Miguel and I were like finally back here that we were like listen like this is something cool that we can do together and like fill fill this need in the youtube space for triathlon and one of the and one of the um, things that you yeah one of the the things that you mentioned earlier about like kind of the inception of your podcast which spoke to me because we were just having this conversation the other day is about just curiosity um and how that can ignite like the most powerful things we do in our lives and like maybe the things that we turn out to be the best at in our lives start with curiosity and you know i think we were going down this rabbit hole when we were talking about like the difference between motivation and something else i use the word inspiration rather than motivation i feel like motivation is very short term and something that i agree um you know you need to wake up and look for every day in order to get the job done inspiration just feels like more powerful and it's something that can sustain you through an entire season or an entire quarter if you're you know in the corporate world or whatever um but i think before that it's it comes back to curiosity and i think like having jenna being curious and like what she could potentially do by seeing these youtube videos and it's like well i'm different i think i can do something better like i wonder what i could produce like not only you know created this idea for herself but it also like you know influenced me to get behind this grand idea too there's no way i would have ever 
you know, gone down the YouTube space. Like were I still you, don't you watch YouTube to, it to this at the day. Very beginning, were you like super like yeah. open minded to it? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's I good. I wanted to you know support that for her when she was like, I want to do a video a day. I was like, that's awesome. You know, I thought that was like her idea at first, and like right. I want to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, once we kind of got serious about you know we got a gopro when we were back here and you know we kind of have this interesting story where like we are you know we're both swimmers getting into triathlon i have kind of this pipe dream of being a pro triathlete and it would be cool to kind of like document that story of like right. getting there in some yeah. sense um and you know the whole couples thing that we've been talking about like there are just a lot of ingredients that like well maybe we could do something cool with this but I well, think that's the thing. You going have a back lot to of, all of it. content ideas, right? Like, you know, even like just an idea for you guys I just kind of thought of now is like taking the things that you are doing with like the filming, the photography, the management, and like, you know, you could even create like your own tutorial, like um, educational course for people that are athletes trying to understand how they could build their own YouTube and like how you guys do it, right? So, you know, because you guys have like the credentials to back that up, it's just, you know, your content options are like endless, really. So, you know, just another yeah. idea for you. Miguel, for well, some it, more cash that's, that's like, yeah, yeah, the next arm right. of our business. It's, <laughs> I think, like, the whole idea, I mean, uh, I'm going to bring this back. I was, I've been thinking about, like, how my coaching, how my swim coaching is different than other swim coaches out there, other triathlon coaches out there. And, like, one of the things I think you, like, I think should mean success as a, like, if you're a coach, you should strive for teaching your athletes or students or however you put them. You want to get them to a point where they can do these things on their own. Right. Right. I think like I, you know, I don't want to be coaching an athlete forever. I want to coach them to where they can go to the pool and know exactly what they're doing and they can write their own workouts and they know what to look for in their stroke. They know how to improve on their own. And I think, what you're hitting at is is very powerful too. It's like, you know, people, I, I hope people watch our videos and kind of get inspired to, you know, go out and, and create their own content. Like if they're living with a partner that also does the same thing, like hopefully they, they can have some fun with this stuff exactly. because ultimately we are building this content for ourselves. That's how it started. We I remember when we had... 50 followers and we were begging our friends and family to like please subscribe to our youtube yeah, channel comment, but like put a like please. yeah <laughs> um but it, you know like to this day we just want to be creating things for ourselves and i hope like that's you know that speaks to people where you don't have to do something that turns into like some you know business or youtube channel even it's just like yep. the act of creating something for yourself where jenna could scratch that itch of you know being creative outside of her nine to five job um and for me going back to something that i've like dabbled in for the last few years and stuff but i i I don't know i think just continuing to do things for yourself right and it it goes right back to diary for us yeah yeah diary (laughs) um but just to go back to like you know that just 
you know, talks about the inspiration, you know, like you guys mm -hmm. are doing it for yourself, but you also are inspiring a lot of people. And like, you're not telling people to get in triathlon. You're not telling people they have to do YouTube. You're just showcasing like, hey, this is our lifestyle. We enjoy, you know, focusing on this sport. And we also really enjoy creating this content. And, you know, just to go back, like that's where you create the, the inspiration. And then, you know, your own personal curiosity. And there's something else that I wanted to, to touch on there and it has slipped from my mind. Um, I think it was like, you know, the fact that you were open-minded to support your partner as well, instead of being negative about it, which is really cool. Cause like, I'm sure you had no idea where it was gonna go. And I'm sure there was hard days where you're like, you didn't want to film and, or edit, right? And uh, you know, I, I totally that. understand. Like I'm, I'm the editor, I'm the filmer. Like, so I, I'm, I'm, I want my girlfriend to learn how to edit. That is my biggest like wish. Um, but you know, it's, it's slowly getting there. Her, she's starting to be curious about, you know, wanting to learn and educate herself. Um, Shoot, that's not the point I wanted to talk about, but it'll come back to me. I just can't remember. Well, what I, I want to say, like, I, I mean, for me personally, I'm like so fortunate to have Jenna to do this with. There's again, there's no way I would have been able to do this on my own. There's no way, and vice versa. Mm. I never did it on my own either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we feed off of each other's energy, and yeah, I, it awesome. doesn't have to be something that you like. We're fortunate enough to have the similar hobbies obviously like we both do triathlon so important. We both like to yeah. create this content but right. i also don't think like you know you you and your partner don't necessarily have to have those things in common to feed off of that energy and to be right. positive about this stuff because again like when this all first started i thought i was just supporting jenna creating a video a day or, or right. creating videos however often but um you know it turned into something more but I, I had no intention at first of being a part of it. <laughs> so, You're made but, for the cameras, so yeah, yeah, obviously. You guys, yeah, you guys do a good job. Um, okay, so I did remember what I wanted to bring up. So just to relate to what you were saying earlier, Miguel, about you know how you educate your your members or your, your clients in swimming and stuff like that, the same way as I go about my coaching because I was a personal trainer for a decade um, and that's the same thing. So being a coach at F45, for example, and I also do online coaching, um, is I want to educate them and have them walk out of the gym and be able to share that knowledge with them or sorry, share that knowledge and, and give it to somebody else as well. Like it's not necessarily like a gift, but knowing that, you know, when they walk out of this gym that they feel confident in themselves to be able to tweak anything or create a program and stuff. So it's really great to hear that that is your perspective as well. Cause yeah, you don't want them to be with you forever or constantly rely on you. Cause that gets, that gets really, I don't want to say draining, but like it's really hard to, to, to work with somebody if they're always looking for their hand to be held. You want to be able to, to know that they're a sponge and they want to absorb that information and then also come to a point where they're like, you know, maybe challenging you on something that you uh, were educating them on and they might see it differently. So it's nice to kind of have that like ping pong effect where you could kind of support one another. But yeah, that was one of the main points I wanted to, to relate to you about. Like, I love that. That's your perspective. That's awesome. Um, yeah. um, so, okay. So you guys, when did you get into triathlon? So I, like this is me going back again, right? So we I want to know skip that. Yeah, yeah, we did because I, I think that's very important. Because um, I'll share you with you guys my story later on. But I, I'm really curious about when when did you guys like like chase that curiosity? Because like that's a hard one I find for a lot of get people to get into. You know, there's a big expense that you got to invest in at the very mm -hmm. beginning, um, and also there's a lot of skill that goes into it, right? If somebody's afraid of how to bite. You're, 
that didn't sound like English. If you're afraid uh, to bike, you know, that might be a hard learning lesson for someone or, you know, you don't know how to run. But I find like the swimming is is the, the hardest part. So I'm, I'm assuming the bike and the run was the 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 challenging part for you guys was that something that kind of like definitely more challenging yes i mean something something new to figure out but like of the three disciplines like i think having a swimming background like the two of us have that's i mean we've been swimming since we were five years old and somebody who starts swimming or just learns how to swim when they're 25 30 it's going to take them a while to like figure it out yeah, That's it's it's impressive. <laughs> it's really impressive to enter into this sport without a swimming background. And I admire anybody who does that. But it's also, you know, I think people look at us and they're like, oh, you're so lucky. Like you, you swam growing up and stuff. But also it's just like it, it kind of sucks to get worse at something. And that's what happens when you swim your whole life and then you get into triathlon. You just only right, get yeah. worse at yeah. swimming. Um, right, when yeah. you learn to do a new discipline like we are with uh, with biking and running, we're only that's getting true. better. And right, that's like yeah. super encouraging. One of the athletes that I'm coaching right now, he, he's been on a streak of like texting me every day about just like new PRs in the pool and learning to do flip turns. And it's like, man, I wish I'd like had that kind of joy from swimming. I'm like right. swimming the yeah. times that I swam when I was 12 years old, yeah, so. Exactly. That's the thing, when you're um, young, you're not that. really thinking about like the little small wins, right? Compared to when you're an adult, you see those small wins, you're like, oh, I'm the cool guy now, I back to yeah. turn or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's crazy. Exactly. Um, All right, so when did triathlon happen? Yeah, let's hear it. Sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, swimming in college, I... I had a very awesome like college swimming experience. Um, and the first three years I was swimming at Fordham, our team got dead last in our conference. <laughs> and the, my junior year, my, my third year, we, uh, you know, there was an incident on our swim team and basically like half of the seniors on the team all got kicked off the team. A few oh. other kids on the team got suspended. So like, we didn't just get last that year. We we didn't even get half the score of like any other team in the conference. It was like so wow. embarrassing. It was awful. And I, um, after that season, I was elected captain for my senior year. Or I kind of had to like take over as captain mid-year, okay. junior year, um, but was like formally elected senior year and basically had to like tell everyone like we can do this we can come back and we can do well <laughs> um Building back and uh yeah and then i also had to explain to the incoming freshmen on like why we were so bad the year before and had right. to like be honest with them about all the stuff that had happened the year before because um, yeah, all universities and stuff talk too right so i'm sure it was like a little bit of a challenge to hire or not hire yeah. but bring on new athletes to your university to support your team right yeah, I mean, they were in the dark. They People <laughs> that were coming in didn't know what had happened. So okay. basically, we had, you know, the captains on the team had to be the ones to, like, sit them down and, and be honest with them and then be like, but listen, let's, like, focus and get moving on this year. And um, we ended up uh, having probably the best year in the school's entire swimming history as on the men's side we beat a team in the conference that we hadn't beat ever which is wow. like a 40-year history 
we got third in the Atlantic 10 conference championships. Um, so, and in addition to all of that kind of team success, I remember my last race ever as a senior and last race in my swimming college career, um, it was the 200 backstroke. I had eyes on this 200 backstroke school record ever since I got on the team and it was the year there the the record was about 20 years old and i oh, broke wow. it on the last race of my college career like Congratulations. i made final thank you i made <laughs> yeah. finals for that race and i didn't get the record but in in my last swim ever i got the record and um so all things considered i ended my swimming career on like the highest of high notes highs, like yeah. i accomplished everything i could have dreamt for for that year but also it it only fueled like, well, I kind of like want more of this, you know, yeah, like it's, yeah. um, it's why they tell Olympic athletes to, you know, take for like a couple months off after the Olympics, because it's right. like, you need to just reflect, you need to calm down, reflect. And yeah, I, I just, can, can be yeah, rough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like I was like, can I like try to go to the Olympic trials? Can I like what what should I do next? And yeah. ultimately, like swimming was over, but um, I got a job, and uh, you know started doing just like regular fitness things that someone would do. Like I would go to the gym, I would do spin classes or whatever. And um, after that athletic, like the best athletic year of my life, I was like, this isn't doing anything right. for me anymore yeah. oh, um still had that itch so, calling your name for something eh yeah because yeah spin exactly. classes like whatever like oh look at my rpms <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i got some nice wads <laughs> trying to like dance around yeah on the bike yeah um, <laughs> doing the dumbbells it, it was not it was not my cup of tea um but one of my coworkers was uh i remember he's still like one of my best friends um but his cousin it was a triathlon coach is a triathlon coach and I remember my coworker came back from like the holidays one year and he's like, Hey, like I'm going to do an Ironman. You want to train with me? Like my cousin's going to coach me and wow. he'll coach you too. And I was like, cool. Like I'll, yeah, I'll do triathlons. My parents, like my mom was, um, a triathlete back in the day. She did Kona oh, wow. in 1989. No so way. she was like, oh, that's an OG. So cool. yeah. 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 OG. So it's I, <laughs> It's actually why I started swimming. She was like, I suck at swimming. My kids are not going to suck at swimming. Wow. Um, Go mom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I I guess two weeks later, I was training with this coach, my, my coworker's cousin, and my coworker was like, "Yeah, I'm done with this, but go ahead, have fun with my cousin." (laughs) Why? Why do you throw the towel? He he's just a guy that likes to jump around and do like a thousand different things. Um, like I'm an ADHD child, so I I understand. But like for me, like yeah. I guess he just didn't like get that the bite that like pulls you in. You know what I mean? Right, right. He's not an endurance guy. Wasn't he uh, mad that he couldn't play basketball yeah, in his training like, plan? Yeah. Right? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, that was in 2018, 2017, something like that, and. I'm still coached by the same coach. I awesome. this is the head coach of Working Triathlete. I joined the team under him when the team was like five people, probably. Um, it's now like 200 people 
Um, wow. Probably more at this point. Hundred people. Yeah, something like that. That's um, amazing. I'm assuming was it more but, local uh, at the time, and then he kind of like ex- expand online. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're based in Nashville, Tennessee. Cool. And um, so everything is remote, and they were very local to Nashville. Um, but now they've very much ex- expanded. Like they're pretty much international. I think they have international athletes now. Um, With two coaches on the West Coast now. Yeah, yeah. Coaches on the West Coast, Midwest. Um, But yeah, I mean that, you know, all of those circumstances kind of brought me into triathlon and I didn't know what I wanted to do in the sport. Mm. But I realized early on that like, I'm kind of a natural at like this endurance stuff. I could get on the bike and do well. I could, you know, kind of run. I'm still learning how to run. Um, But, you know, it it just kind of kept taking off from there. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so you get into triathlons and you felt like, you know, you're you're looking good out there. So how did you like... (laughs) Like, how did you know that, okay, this could be the thing I could see myself potentially going pro with? Was it because you had had won a couple underneath your belt? Or was it just kind of like, you know, like you looking at that, um, was it backstroke, the 200 meter backstroke? Was that kind of the same mm-hmm. feeling that you were getting, getting into triathlon? Yeah, I mean... I remember I was training on like my old road bike at the time. I put on some like aero bar. This is another thing in triathlon. <laughs> it can seem like everything is super expensive, but there are definitely ways. Jenna can talk more about this, but there are ways <laughs> to do this where you can make it affordable. Oh, you yeah. know, like yep. money should never be the barrier to entry of triathlon. True. And it can be intimidating because everyone is like walking around with their $10,000 bikes, but like none of that's required like you there are ways to do this Mm -hmm. um but i was training on that road bike and i signed up for the new york city uh olympic distance triathlon on like the worst hottest human (laughs) day ever um (laughs) jenna has the worst story about that but uh i borrowed a buddy's bike a buddy's triathlon bike um and first time riding it did you even train beforehand or did you just wing it i he gave it to me a week beforehand just to trial out and stuff do Um, not recommend this no 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 (laughs) anybody listening to this do not wing it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but i ended up winning that race in like my age group winning my age group and that was probably the moment that like well if i could just like pop in and like do this and do Mm. well like i can do something pretty cool in this sport um and then you know i think like the next three or four races it was similar story like i won my age group in all of these races and each one of those little victories was you know and i don't know who shows up for these races and stuff i was still like pretty amateur at the sport i would say but everything all of those like little mini wins were just fuel for like what I can do in the sport. Um, I got on the team Everyman Jack uh, a couple years ago, and that was one of the realizations where, like, oh, wow, I'm now, like, a part of this elite triathlon group. Um, So, I don't know. Yeah, all these kind of little things that kept, you know, building up my confidence in the sport, and um, eventually it was kind of like, well, let's let's give this pro thing a shot, (laughs) which I'm still 
trying to give a shot but yeah yeah well um what was it you guys had a youtube video come out uh, i think it was last year that you got your pro card yeah so i qualified to you know have a pro card this year like uh i think that was at half ironman florida um i won the race overall and there was a pro field so i got my pro card but you can option to not take it so okay. i'm still in i'm still racing as an age grouper this year i need to figure out more about how i race in the sport like i said i still consider myself like pretty amateur at this when it comes to racing um i need to get out there and race more and figure out like how i operate and um from there i i want to be racing with pros so i found that yeah. very fascinating that you were not like i don't think the word starstruck is the word i'm trying to use here like you you weren't in like eager to go oh pro card here we go let's just jump in and just keep like you know jumping in the fire now what made you think you had to like take a step back uh, and not um accept the, the pro card and and still get more experience underneath your feet yeah i mean this was I was very 50-50 about this for all of last year. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do it. And it's easy to get distracted by like other people that like maybe are a little better than you that are not taking their pro card or maybe people that are worse than you that are pros because it can really go like you got your pro card. You could do it if you wanted to. So right. you kind of have to ignore that. And for me, it was like, looking inward and and figuring out how i show up to a race and how i actually race and i didn't understand how i raced yet last year was the first year i had really done any half ironman distances seriously mm -hmm. um and each one was like a very different experience and just because of that it, it I, I knew that like well i don't know how i do this sport yet right um yeah. I think if I jumped into a pro field, like maybe I'd beat a few people, but it would ultimately just be a distraction because I'd be trying to race these guys that know exactly how they do things. Right. And they'll have the biggest advantage of the world by knowing all their strategies and knowing each other's strategies. And I'm kind of clueless about just the primary thing, and that's myself. So racing as an age grouper um, is more like you show up and you do a time trial yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's less of a race and more of a time trial right which lends itself perfectly to the opportunity to figure out more about yourself um and more about how you race so that's the goal this year i'm racing a lot and i'm gonna try to do it in a way that helps me learn how i do this sport and uh you know hopefully that will set me up for um you know more i wouldn't say immediate success because success is not immediate especially in like right. competitive professional uh you know ecosystem but right um hopefully it will this is all just part of the growth you give know? you a better shot at success yeah yeah better shot at yeah, success definitely. like absolutely no I, I love your mindset around that miguel and i think that's um extremely valuable for anybody that is um, potentially, you know, successful in the sport or getting into the sport that it's not overnight. It takes time. Um, and I love, I love it that you're like, you know what, I'm going to learn more about myself and come up with a more strategic plan. And that's the thing, like you, you know, if you were to have jumped in the fire against the pros, like they've been in it maybe longer than you, 
give or take maybe i don't know um but yeah they've they've put more time into you know their their style right and it's really cool you said i'm trying to learn my style and you had said earlier i'm still trying to learn how to run so it's like you know there's so much time and it's like okay you've already been presented the the ticket now it's like okay check mark i know i can achieve this but i want to take it when i'm ready so like dude that's that's amazing. I, like I said, I really love your mindset towards that, and um, I'm I'm excited to watch your journey um, towards <laughs> you becoming a pro one day. And hey, man, even if it, if it doesn't go that route, like you're gonna gain so much experience and knowledge to you know potentially help Definitely. another athlete get to that level at some point, right? So you know, there's so many things that are going to be created from from how you're approaching this, and I'm I'm taking that approach as well from how you just said it. Like I haven't won any races yet. I'm still very very new to the sport. I've done one half Ironman, uh, three sprints, and uh, one Olympic. So the pandemic hit and kind of knocked me right out yeah. of out of the well. The I think there. I I think that's a good point. This is a good lesson for any type of like advancement to the next level, if yeah. you will, right? Yeah. Like my next level happens to be racing with professionals, but like this could be someone who just wants to get off the couch and go for a run. Like exactly. th- that, the act of like doing these that like taking something seriously and committing to it and doing it every day does not just happen in one day. It mm-hmm. happens by you know, just kind of a shift in mindset and looking inward and trying to figure out more about like who you are and what you want to or and who you want to become right. before you can get up and start doing the next level. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's, it doesn't just have to be like, I want to go pro. It could just be like, Hey, I want to like finish on the podium of this local age group race, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, could be anything so i yeah well the, the biggest thing that, that that speaks to me is like building that foundation too right because everybody wants to be you know super hot right out of the gate and and not put in the preparation work and so you know it just goes back down to you building that foundation and being prepared for you know going into those pro races with a strong mindset and a strong body too because it's you could easily get injured if you are trying to cut corners in this sport right nutrition mobility um strength training not putting in the time and effort to be on your feet for x amount of duration of time like there's just there's so many things to work on and so you know from my point of view it kind of looks like you're really trying to look everything from a bigger perspective to make sure that you you know go into these things with you know being healthy and you know coming out of it being like okay i'm good to race another day and continue on so well, awesome. I appreciate you saying that because I'm 26 and definitely don't know everything about what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's all just part of a journey for me, and I'm guessing. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, and and you know what? The learning never ends. So yeah, Jenna, yeah. let's see, let's hear your story. Oh boy. Well, I feel so. When you were telling your story, I feel like our stories are similar, but so so different. Um, so I swam in college as well and came in like hot as a freshman. I think I was, I, I mean, I don't want to like seem cocky, but I was like the oh, number one sprinter. It. Miguel showed all his accolades. He's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. School I finished on this high. So yeah. yeah, don't hold back, please. <laughs> well, I came in as like a sprightly 18 year old sprinter. Very different from like this endurance world that we're in right now. Mm. And like had an amazing first semester swimming, was really excited for like the end of freshman year. And somehow the wheels fell off the wagon. I don't really know what happened. I think I came back from winter break and just had like a really, I don't know, just 
wasn't feeling myself in the water and you know how like you have a feel for the water and like that's something that you like develop over time and somehow my my feel had just disappeared and got in my head and my coach is trying to talk me out of my own head and basically I ended that year just like so unhappy with how I did and didn't know if I wanted to keep on swimming after that year um Mm. My older brother for my birthday, my freshman year, decided to sign me up to join him to do a half Ironman. And I was like, listen, okay, if I did not enjoy my swimming like time this year, I'm going to enjoy like right. the process of something else, like training for something right. else. So yeah. we ended up doing 70.3 Hawaii. Um, oh, beautiful. I did not. It was it was gorgeous. We, yeah. I mean, he was trying to convince all of his friends to do it. Is the backstory on that? And do not recommend this as a birthday present to <laughs> no. anyone. Just no. like, hey, sign you up new. for a half iron. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you bike, did you bike and run at at all at the at the time or no? So I I had like a cruiser at okay. college just okay. to like get me around. <laughs> yeah. I brought it to the bike shop and was like, how much can I trade this in for yeah. to get like your cheapest bike available that's on sale right now? Mm-hmm. And they were like, sure, like you can have this bike for like $200. So I had like this like basic Trek road bike Beautiful. that I trained on around campus. Um, decided to start running. Did not train enough. 100% did not train enough, <laughs> I think. The most I biked was like 20 miles. Okay. And the most I ran was six miles. Again, disclaimer, do not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we get to Hawaii and it's Mm. beautiful and we're doing the race and feeling great on the swim. All of a sudden on the bike, I do not pass a single person. It's like thousands of people passing me the entire time. And then the run is just like this slow, horrible slog. I'd never run more than six, seven miles. So I like get to the end and like... I don't know, have some like sports induced asthma. I'm like, this is horrible. I never want to do this ever again. I'm sure it was very hot as well. Like you weren't used to training in that kind of weather. I'm just no. assuming I've never been to Hawaii, so I can't even imagine what the weather must have it's been like. It's just hot and humid, super stuffy and just, I mean, it's tropical and really nice to hang out on the beach, but mm. not to like race for seven hours. Right. So... Anyway, I had this experience and it was miserable, but also kind of weirdly fun. And I was like, all right, well, this is like something good to keep in my back pocket. Um, My sophomore year, I ended up swimming again, but just didn't have the same speed that I had before. And I was like, the swim team is my social club. Like, I'm just here for the ride. I love training with these people Mm. Um, and just, I don't know, just stuck it out. I guess the moral of my swimming story is that I just was, I left college really disappointed with like how everything turned out. Mm-hmm. And I, like going into college, was really excited about like improving my times, like right. doing well at our championship meets, scoring points for the team, and it ended up being nothing like that. Um, and I'm an athlete at heart and just, wanted to have like that success story and I feel like there were just pages unwritten in my like athletic book Mm -hmm. so once I moved to New York I was doing the same thing as Miguel just going to spin class I was lifting a lot lifting heavy I got actually really into lifting uh, my senior year of college and that helped my swimming at least a little bit Um, so I like started setting goals in that 
but there was some part of me that I was like, I really want to like get back in the pool, try this thing again, see if I can like remove myself from remove myself from like my the bad parts of swimming mm-hmm. and right. reconnect with the good parts of swimming. Why why was so that coming back join, up to the surface for you? Like what what triggered that? Like was it just something that was always in the back of your mind just saying, "Hey, you got to you got to get back in the water." I think so. I think I mean when you grow up swimming, my my dad's a swim coach. Okay. So I was growing I was like thrown into the water when yeah. I was zero years old. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like made to swim. Like it's just in my DNA to be in the water. And like I think the reason why I had such a tumultuous relationship with swimming for a few years was because there was this pressure that was put on me, maybe yeah. not by my parents, but like by myself, where I was right. like, I should be a good right. swimmer and I should be loving this. Right. Why am I not? Mm-hmm. Trying to so compare to, to up, your dad and stuff, right? Like, did he, I'm assuming he was mm-hmm. like competitive and, and, and um, uh, you know, you when you go home, I'm sure you're like, oh, like I want these same kind of results kind of thing, right? So I can understand why yeah. the pressure would, would build from that. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like calling your parents and being like, hey, look at how proud of me you should be. Right. Because of the things that I've done. Right. And I just felt like I didn't have that for a while. Um, But anyway, so I got back into the pool and was just starting to love it again and thought back onto my triathlon career of my single race and was like, you know, maybe I give this a go again. Mm. So I flew my bike out from California um, and like started running again. I mean, I was running like every so often and um, yeah, just decided to sign up for a race with some friends and really loved it. And on my little road bike with my clip on handlebars, (laughs) I ended up doing really well. I think, I mean, in, what Actually, did you call yourself again? Um, you I call myself the clearance triathlete. The clearance triathlete. Oh, the clearance triathlete. Because like you're on a budget, right? Like you just get all the hot deals at a like, good low price. I was at this tiny little startup that I yeah yeah. Well, one I I wasn't making that much money when I started living in the city. New York City mm. is so expensive to live in. Yeah. I and imagine. I was making like barely over minimum wage and decided to embark on this like journey in this extremely expensive sport. I was like, I don't know mm. if I'm going to be committed to this sport long term. So right. why would I spend mm. tons of money on all this equipment? Right. So I was riding this college bike that I got for $200. I was I don't know, wearing the same swimsuit to the pool every single day, buying shoes on, I don't know, like super clearance and not getting the right shoes like for me at the time. <laughs> Actually, no, I was I was working at a media company okay. in health and fitness and we would just get tons of shoes sent to us. So I would awesome. just grab the shoes. They'd just be like editor's gifts from, awesome. from brands. So I'd be like, all right, I'm taking these home with me. That's, that's a great deal. Um, would like buy things on eBay mm. and like try and sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Just like I don't think I bought anything full price for a triathlon. Honestly, still I don't buy anything full <laughs> yeah, price for a triathlon. That, that's but. great to hear. Like honestly, because like um, you know, getting into the sport. While I wanted to get into the sport a long time ago, and same thing. Like I was like, oh, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. But like you know, I I was. 
working paycheck to paycheck i had no wiggle room at all and then once i actually yeah. got into a job that i could afford to you know get excited get a, go outside the box with my expenses that's when i just kind of went I, hmm. i'm committed i'm going all all in but no it's good to it's good to hear like you're able to like kind of hustle to get whatever you needed to you know just get out there and have some fun with it and i think the the people that are listening to this or watching this like it goes to show you like hey there's 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 ways of making it happen and you know you just got to be a little bit creative on how you know kind of get the ball rolling so it's great to hear though i'm gonna call you clearance definitely from now on. <laughs> <laughs> clearance for athlete is is my alter ego yeah <laughs> but <laughs> No, I think it's really important. I mean, the barrier to entry in triathlon is just so high. And, like, mm. I don't know, even pool access is so hard to come by. And, like, learning so to swim when you're a child is such a privilege that, like, right. we were given. And, yep. I I mean, I was really thankful at the time to have this, like, $25 a year pool to swim in just because, like, I, I couldn't afford a $200 um, or $25 or $200 a month. Yeah, pool, yeah. which is what yeah. all the other pools were. Um, right. And to like have that access in Brooklyn was amazing. And and one other thing on this topic too, this like ultimately is how we want to give back to the sport of triathlon. Like from when this YouTube channel became like an actual YouTube channel beyond just like making home videos for ourselves. We decided like, this is the one thing that we would like to make better in the sport. We want to add some diversity to the sport. We want to make it more accessible. We want to be accessible and helping people that, you know, get into this sport because it's it, like the things you're doing in triathlon are like, so kind of like independent. It, it's just, yeah, it's mm -hmm. independent. It's just almost like a human right to be able to go out and ride a bike or True. go for a run or go for a swim. Mm -hmm. And like it's it it lends itself to incredible communities. Like there are so many benefits to getting into the sport that sure. not mm -hmm. many people have um the ability to actually do. Um so, you know, if anyone out there has ideas for us and how they can help us support us on on this mission, but Seriously, it's like this this is what we want to be doing and and when we grow enough to when we can, you know, actually substantially give back to the community, this is our priority. Um or like build something together, you yeah. know? Like yeah. I don't know. No, I agree with you. And that and that yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I actually had an idea and you guys could totally take this from me. I'm all for it. Um, but like, please, <laughs> it's called um, All Kids Can Try. And it, it basically like people that are in the sport can donate bikes and shoes and swim caps and whatever. Right. And and that's the biggest thing I think is the, the hardest part for people. It's not paying for the race, but getting the proper equipment that they need to just allow them to feel comfortable. Right. And it could be any mm -hmm. kind of bike or any kind of shoe or whatever, just something that's going to be sports specific. Um, and yeah, so I, I ha I've had this idea now for some time and I'm still trying to figure out the logistics of like creating it. And like, you know, I think everybody should be doing this in, in their, you know, county, state, country wherever is coming up with these opportunities for you know underprivileged kids or kids in general to be able to access these kind of things so they could you know get a taste of what it's like to swim or run or bike right because where i live mm -hmm. um, is in hamilton ontario and there's a lot of kids that you know um don't 
have a safe upbringing and you know it, it just it makes me think like if they started to be involved in these healthy activities could it change their course in life mm-hmm. you know what i mean just by Definitely. giving them a pair of shoes to go out and run and you know a, a a positive group to to go you know down to you know the the bayfront park or whatever right so it's just one of those things that you know it'll eventually get to that point and i hope it comes sooner than later but that's just something maybe you guys could you know another way to try to build that 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 community um, but you guys are already doing it like I said, right? You were already creating that that mm-hmm. inspiration um, by just, you know, being public with your own personal um, achievements and and you know just being real. And that's the thing; you don't have to be pros to uh, to help others, <laughs> right? Like I think that's another yeah. thing too that mm-hmm. everybody always thinks is like, oh, I'm not pro to be um, able to do a YouTube or you know I'm not pro to to help people. Oh, it's like no, you don't need that. As long as you have some sort of value and somebody walks away from their experience with you with a smile on their face, you're doing the right thing. The right thing, right? So sorry, that's a passionate topic for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, back <laughs> to what you were yeah. saying. Um, a gear library is like the Massive. top dream. Yeah, That'd and, be cool. and I think, you know, mm-hmm. Jenna mentioned this too, like building something together. And I'm glad you said like people in every community should be thinking about something like this because ultimately like Freestyle Try is not about Jenna and Miguel. Um, it is about something we want to build with the entire community. We want everyone, we want to encourage everyone to like start to think about how they can give back to their local community. Um, you know, again, like we are, we're not professional triathletes yet. Um, but like we, you know, we don't want to make this about us. We want to make it about the, the sport as a whole and bettering the sport as a whole, um, not that the sport isn't great already, but it, there are just certain aspects that need to be changed and it just needs to be more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hey, you guys are building to that momentum, right? And like I said, there's a lot of things that are up and coming and um, it's it's always great to look at the pros and support them and, and give them a livelihood. That's great. There should Those things should still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really trying to open up the, the, uh, the, the, the doors to be more accessible for the younger crowd and and they're, they're, they are there like i said it just needs to be you know a little bit louder right so um mm-hmm. yep. so jenna let, let's let's go back to you here i think you were not done your oh, story yes. right so you start you you went back yeah like we could probably talk all day this is great we're gonna order food right yeah. have a glass of wine yeah, or a beer or whatever yeah, right? yeah exactly uh, i did a two hour and 41 a while ago so i you know if you guys want to beat that i'm all for it but we don't have to yeah. um you know go that far um but yeah so jenna you you got back into uh doing triathlons mm-hmm. with a group of friends now was this another half ironman or did you do like a smaller distance no just mostly sprint and olympic distance um i was not touching half iron man for <laughs> a long time <laughs> after that experience i was like let's just work on the short stuff and the fast right. stuff because mm-hmm. that's what's fun right. like i'd yeah, rather you're a sprinter already right so why not yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i was a sprinter and honestly i'd rather race for an hour or two and then like go have brunch afterwards with my friends instead of yeah racing four five six hours and then just being dead for the next three days (laughs) yeah like also just like doing i mean it's more fun it's more approachable more accessible easier with a full-time job to train for something shorter and it's not it's not easier to do shorter events right no um i think training it faster is 
a really exciting thing to do rather than training to get longer. Right. Um, Miguel and I talk about this a lot that like after you do a half Ironman, people are like, all right, well, is a full Ironman next? Yeah. And yep. why can't it be like, all right, well, I did a five hour in my half Ironman is the next thing a 4.30 in your half Ironman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. no, this is just the event that I do. This is the yeah. discipline that I do. Like, we're in swimming background. It's like, I'm a backstroker. People aren't like, oh, well, what's next after backstroke? It's like, oh, no, you're that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And right. it's, it's somehow different for triathlons. It's like bigger means better. Um, but, you know, I think what Jenna said, like, it's – you want to challenge yourself try to get faster at the shorter stuff because right. that's really freaking hard to do <laughs> absolutely and, that, and that's the thing too it's like you know you have the there's so many different categories of endurance athletes too right like you could come in the sport just to say hey i completed a half ironman awesome check mark you know i want to do an ultra marathon i want to just do a full ironman great once they're done that they, mm-hmm. they kind of move on to that next thing right and and uh, you know it's great for you guys like you know miguel i'm assuming is your is your category specifically now 70.3s and Olympic distance, like Olympic sprint distance. distance to 70.3. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Jenna, you're now focusing yeah. on the, the um, sprint, sprint to half as well. Right. Okay, Mostly, cool. Mostly, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, anything except for an Ironman distance. Yeah. Right. And I think there's different variables uh, when it comes down to the fatigue that comes onto the body, right? For a distance, a longer distance, you know, you're trying to um, build that muscular, like, resilience for longer duration of time. And then with mm-hmm. sprint, right, you're, you're, you know, that's where the strength training really comes into play as well, right? And that power that you need to be able to, to work at a very high heart rate and then also be strong in that as well right so you know it's really cool Mm -hmm. how you know you guys both have the same interest but you're kind to master like you know either the long distance or the shorter distance sorry uh, jenna we keep Mm -hmm. cutting you off there Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of interesting things to talk about no i love it interesting points i know (laughs) the other nice thing about not doing iron men's is you don't have to eat like astronaut gel food for 10 hours (laughs) sprint distance you don't have to do that stuff Mm -hmm. so true so true okay so so jenna um you you start doing the olympics and um the sprints and stuff and okay so Mm -hmm. let's get let's get to the point where like you started to see where like okay i could see this like being something more than just going out and having fun yeah yeah i think i mean i i was like miguel too i was racing on my road bike and having a lot of success doing it i think i was on the podium for every race that I did, minus New York City Triathlon, which is a whole nother story. I don't know if I should even go into that right now. Tell but it, just the yeah. short, short. Yeah, yeah, oh, let's hear it. Basically. I'm, you already piqued my curiosity because like, you've okay. both done that one. So yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, it was, it was just a horribly hot day, and okay. I did not eat enough, did not drink enough, was gunning for that podium position, got off the bike, um, I think, fourth, and was like, I can like I can run this and run these girls down. Like I know I can get up there and end up passing the third person and was like coming up on the second person at around mile four. Um, I do not remember the mile five marker. And oh, no. I woke up with the mile six marker in the distance. I was lying on the grass face up with a medic over me. 
and he's like, hi, you're at the New York City Triathlon. You've been out for 45 minutes. I just revived you with like three salt tabs and a bottle of water. Do you want to finish this race? (laughs) I'm surprised that was his question, especially that you've been on the ground for 45 (laughs) minutes. Do you want to finish the race? No, this this race was just. I'm like, yo, your ass is going hard. There is no preparation for this terrible day. Like, no one knew what they were doing. Jenna, like, got lucky because there were some people that did not end their day as well as she did. Yeah, yeah. Like, I ended up in the... I did walk over the finish line. Um, There is video evidence of me sobbing as I crossed the finish line with this medic behind me. Um, But yeah, ended up in the medical tent. I did, I did, and was in the medical tent and was definitely not alone in there. It was a very busy day for that. I mean, it was like 103 degrees at that point with like 100% humidity. It was horrible. Wow, and that's the thing, eh, with with races, they don't cancel them. They say, you know what, it is all a part of this. You guys have trained, but sometimes you just can't train for, you know, a certain weather type right like and that's the thing like you could train for yeah. super hot weather and then you show up and it's actually cold and you're like okay great like I know. So much for that was a waste adaptation. <laughs> yeah um sorry to hear that like yeah that must have been very emotional for you uh and, and, and like what was the cause of that just just the, like you mentioned like i'm assuming it's just a lack of preparation for that kind of weather yeah, I think I just didn't eat enough beforehand, didn't drink enough, really wasn't thinking about nutrition at all. And everybody knows, or people who train in triathlon know that like nutrition is the fourth element of right. it. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think I just, I don't know, it wasn't my day. But honestly, after two not very good experiences in triathlon in my early career, I I don't know, I, I still just loved it. I love the variety of it and um, was self-training for a while, then like found a coach on Reddit that I'm like still good friends with. Awesome. Um, and then once Miguel and I started dating, he was like, hey, you should be coached by my coach. So my he and question. I talked and Yep, and I was brought on a working triathlete as like number awesome. twenty at the time, and yeah, rest is so history. So you're an OG. I think it, you're an OG. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's funny like the different experiences that we had getting into the sport make us like very compatible at doing the sport together. Because yep. I think like I didn't have. I didn't. I just straight up have not battled as much adversity as you have, and I think through the adversity that you've dealt with, you've developed more of like kind of. I wouldn't say lighthearted, but like just doing this for the sake of enjoyment. Like you know there are going to be rough times, but like at least I'm I'm just going to enjoy it. You are like the most positive person in the world for doing <laughs> such a crazy hard sport at such a competitive level, and I'm. Like, well, I just got to be better. I got to, like, if I was trying to do this on my own, I would wear myself out so fast. But I think, you know, Jenna keeps me grounded in a lot of ways because she's like, yeah, these bad things happened. Like, remember all of this shit that I've dealt with? Like, (laughs) um, so, and I think it works vice versa too. I think Mm -hmm. hopefully I, you know, challenge you to do some harder things than you typically wouldn't do. No, you inspire me on the daily, for real. Thank you. 
Um, that that, that but, needs to be there. Yeah. It's so important. And, uh, you know, I could relate to that fully. So, like, I have more of, like, a losing background compared to my girlfriend where she's got more of the winning background. Everything she does, <laughs> for some reason, there's a, you know, a, a horseshoe up her butt that she's just good at it i'm not i'm not mad at her for it i love it i you know inspires me and but like you know from from my past coming up i was just like oh i lost okay all right i'll try again and you know for me like it never really phased me to lose because i was like okay it's a great it's a learning opportunity i failed what can i learn from it you know what i mean but when she loses Mm -hmm. something it's the end of the world like she's like i gotta get better i gotta cut out this food i gotta do that and like you know just to relate to what you're saying, Miguel, but on the flip side, like I balance her out. Right. Um, and yeah. you know, she balances me out, but not even just that it's nice to kind of have that person. Like when I come home from work, right. And she's done the workout. So we also have a coach as well. Um, and, uh, our, our online coach will have us, you know, something on, on the schedule and I'll come home and I'm not really feeling it. And then I catch when that she did the workout. I'm like, Oh, you little brat. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm getting, I'm getting on the bike. I'm going outside, getting the run. And, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of have that, that, um, you know, companionship. And, and it's very mm-hmm. complimentary to be able to motivate or inspire one another to, you know, uh, keep the ball rolling, right? Because there's days that I'm just not feeling it or there's days that she's just not feeling it. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? Just come out, mm-hmm. either hop on the bike, do a little spin or let's go for a light, nice light jog and see how you feel. And you start to feel good. Great. Then we can ramp it up into the workout, whatever. Right. So it's nice that we're able to really, um, you know, just 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 be that um like positive reinforcement for one another when things do get thick. And I'm sure you guys also do that um, as well. And, you know, it brings you closer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you guys were talking about your travels going back to California, California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's um, where we are now. Yep. Um, so like you, you've uh, like, at that time, you're both training for triathlons, hoping races were going. That is just, you know, you're building on your relationship. How do you guys deal with each other's like highs and lows, especially around training or, you know, the hangry days? Because I got a few of those. Um, right. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's like this sport, um, not from like an individual point of view, but from a couple point of view. It, it, it's really like the not not the glue but it really allow like teaches you more about each other about your values how you know you are when you're in your highs and your lows and like yeah like i don't know i'm kind of going on ramble here but like it's like i'm so grateful that i get to share this with my partner and she actually wanted to be here uh and talk and, and say hi and stuff but she just uh she she's uh just became a paramedic so she actually went to, to work so she does shift work oh, wow. uh, as well to save lives yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a little more important it's okay um <laughs> yeah. but yeah so and that's another thing too we're both shift workers so we took our triathlon and our shift working and we combined it together and now we have a youtube video um, channel as well which has a lot of work to uh build its momentum but it's getting there but yeah you know it's just you know relating to you guys that we have very very cool similarities there yeah and and i think you know we're all all of us here are fortunate to live with the person that we're training with Very too true. right mm-hmm. but i think like triathlon is such a lonely sport mm-hmm. if you don't right. have a companion or a team or someone that's doing it with you and i think you know another kind of mission of ours with this is again it comes back to like this accessibility and community aspect where like you you do have people that you're doing this stuff with like right. i 
whether or not it's in person yeah Yeah. a few months ago one of my friends one of our teammates um who's you know on the other side of the country reached out to me and was like hey we should this is like going into winter training he was like hey we should like have a bet with each other on like let's come up with goals and see if we can hit these goals and that's why I did a 5k a couple weeks ago because my goal that I set for myself with our coach was like I gotta hit this time in my 5k and his he's not a good swimmer so he set a swimming goal because that was his focus through the winter um and we both had like you know these goals that we wanted to achieve and then we had like stretch goals like if we do it really well we can hit our stretch goals right and we both hit our stretch goals like we both exceeded all of our expectations all of our coaches expectations um you know just from like a, a silly bet <laughs> and it's like well, it's these accountability where... too right like that's, yeah that's the thing. yeah you guys are keeping each other accountable and you know you, it's it, there's nothing more beautiful than being excited for the people around you that are also kicking ass Right, like, and yeah, I get such exactly. a high from that. I'm like, yo, that's sick. Like, you hit your swim goal, you hit your run goal, and it, like, it, it only triggers me to be like, cool. What kind of goals would I like to achieve and and share with somebody as well, right? So it's great, you know, um, that you were super down to support your friend that you know was farther away and and be able to share that with him. And that's the thing. It's like, yes, it is an individual sports, but there's so many ways to really um enjoy it together right and that's the thing i do that with my coworker as well i'm on zwift and um he's now on zwift so he'll message me his watts or his bike workouts and you'll like you know we're not doing the workout together and like it's just like you know taking that little little bit of excitement that he has and be like oh, okay i'll try to challenge you and jump on and do the same thing right and and that's the thing there's so many opportunities there to really um enjoy the the sport right okay so i would love to get back into like now the youtube Okay, so with you guys creating the YouTube channel, how did you come up with the name Freestyle Try? We we were driving around our neighborhood for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Bouncing ideas. We were, is that how you, we brain, like that how you brainstorm? A, <laughs> we, we were coming back from a swim <laughs> practice and we were like starting to have good a good conversation and throwing out good ideas. Well, at that point we were just Jenna and Miguel. And yeah. we were like, okay, okay, we don't want this whole channel to be just about us. Right. We want it to be like a bigger thing. What, triathlon related now, maybe not in the future, who knows? But like thinking triathlon, triathlon-ish names, what could we do that like describes us as people? And yeah, we were just driving around. I think we came back home and then... We were like thinking in the car, and Miguel was like, We shouldn't go into the apartment. We should just stay in the car and drive around. Right. And I was like, Okay, yeah, sure. Let's, let's just drive. And okay, so, we so were like, sorry. Okay. I'm just curious. Like, you're like, We need to figure out our name. You're like, Get to the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I we need to brainstorm. We yeah. Go drive around. No. I, I think, like, if you're on to something, if you're having a good conversation or yeah. whatever, just you, do, you can't, can't stop it. Change. No. Yeah, and yeah. just keep it going. Yeah, right? yeah. So creative juices freestyle. were flowing, and I don't know. We were like, all right, what makes us different than everybody else? What's like cool about us? We're like from California. We have swimming backgrounds, and then we started thinking, all right, like butterfly triathlon, or like backstroke triathlon, <laughs> and then we're like, duh, like freestyle try. Yeah. One because like everybody swims freestyle and triathlon. Right. Yep. 
And two, freestyle to me means more than just the stroke. If you like think about the word freestyle, it's like you can do your own thing and you can like make it what you want it to be and make this sport what you want it to be and do it kind of your own way. Miguel does it one way and I do it another way and you do it another way. And I don't know, as we start to build this community, I feel like Freestyle Try is has just become like this great name to describe who we are and who we want to become. I think the corny V1 of our name was like free spirit. We were like, yeah. we were like, because we want, we were just trying to think about like, what do we want it to mean? Right. Yeah. And like, we and build a brand you know, around it. So too, I think, right? yeah, 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 exactly. And we were going to stick with free spirit, but we were like, we want it to be like free spirit. So freestyle. Like go with the flow yeah. and yeah. type it's, B. It's, a very, it's, it's, it's very welcoming. Right. And um, yeah, I was always curious about like. Oh, freestyle try and it works i mean it's definitely brandable but yeah that's the thing you're trying to create a community around it where like you know it like everybody has their own version or story about how they're coming to the sport and that's the thing you're just trying to complement everybody from like 360 degrees and that everybody's accepted like i said you know you don't have to be a pro to be in the sport and you don't have mm-hmm. to th- have the best bike to be in the sport or running shoes, whatever, right? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love your story, <laughs> how you guys do your brain- <laughs> brainstorming sessions. Now, is this a regular thing? Like, whose idea was like, let's just it's try? It's not, but we got to get, we gotta get <laughs> yeah. back to it. <laughs> we do awesome. have good car chats. We have good car yeah. chats, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so um, you you originally started off with just Jenna and Miguel, and then you tacked on on the name. Um, what was like the aha moment when you guys were like, okay, like this could be something we could turn into, be, like you know, um, I don't want to say career, but like a good side hustle to fuel um, your 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 hobbies. I think it was when. Well, we we know like the one video that was kind of the tipping point but like you know since we started publishing videos on youtube we didn't just have the mindset of like let's just publish videos but like let's let's like lay the foundation to grow something like this is where your kind of seo strategy came into place but Mm -hmm. um I think for months we were, you know, doing things that we knew the YouTube algorithm would like. We were doing things to on YouTube that like people would notice and click into our channel, like just little things like that for months. And um, there was one video that we made that just showed a week of my training in triathlon, and we created a title that was like the exact title that everybody would be interested in. It was right. very timely. It was like in March mm-hmm. and the thumbnail was me shirtless. And <laughs> <laughs> like, we just did everything to kind of be like, well, let's, let's like actually like see what happens if right. we do something that is very YouTube-y. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first it was like every other video, like got a, got views from our friends and family Um, but then like a week and a half later or so, like we noticed that, wow, this has like a thousand videos now or a thousand views. This has like 2000 views and, and 
like that kept growing and then we saw our subscriber count go up without like begging our friends and family and like right. we we were at a hundred subscribers at the time and i think you know a month later we were at over a thousand yeah um wow. Wow. so i think you know that and like once you kind of have that kind of bit and fortunately we had like 20 videos before that too so people didn't just go into our channel and be like oh cool video but like here's all of our other content too (laughs) yeah um and like content that we post every week as well right right so it goes back to like the consistency of it and kind of just doing the right thing for months and um i think all of that combined like you could say like it was that one video but it was really like just everything we had done leading up to that um and then uh you know the the season started and our first 70.3 just like was this perfectly epic story where like i won the race overall and jenna had like you know a day that everybody has had in triathlon where everything went wrong and you cramp up and the humidity gets to you and you dnf and um, I think I remember watching I you guys think, like being like in this like stream and like smashing ice cream at the end. Is that the same video? <laughs> oh, that that one was a little later. Oh, a little bit later. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess to your point, like race day videos. Once we got into the season, made race day videos like that. You know, gained a lot of traction too. Um, and uh, and you know when somewhere. At this point, I was like, I, I got to be doing this full time. Like, I want to commit to this. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think we got we got really lucky in. I mean, there was a lot of skill, too. But there's also just, I don't know, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there that post every single week that don't get much traction at all. Um, and I think what made us different was not only, like, the production quality that like I've got a video background Miguel is an amazing editor um but also just like our storylines and and who we are as people I think Mm. we really connected with our audience and we really saw that in the comments that that we got and comments from random strangers around the world not from people that we were like bribing to right, <laughs> to yeah. post on our videos no, say something um, <laughs> yeah. right? i know me texting my brother right. telling him to to comment <laughs> comment quick <laughs> but i don't know i think we we struck a chord and somehow with people and i think that's when i knew that like this could be something we also just like I, we can't underestimate the value of like the support that we had in the community where we now live. Like mm. we go swim at a master's group every day where like everyone is just like the nicest person you'll ever meet and wants to help you do whatever you're doing. And if it right. happens to be related to like swimming or athletics, they're like, let me be a part of it. Let me help. So I think there's definitely a certain amount of luck involved and a lot of that luck I think is just falling into like this community, this local community where we are being close to both of our families live here. Um, So we're just surrounded by a lot of encouragement to continue doing this and Mm -hmm. encouragement that tells us like you guys are onto something, keep doing what you're doing, invest in it. Like I like it, people like it. And I Mm -hmm. think without that, there wouldn't have been a point where like, there wouldn't have been a point of realization that this would become something. I think there's a lot of exterior um, 
influencers that kind of helped us realize this too. That's awesome, and that and that's the thing you you know having just that first video with your shirt off and um you know starting <laughs> to share your guys your guys story um my yeah, dad it, still makes relatable. fun of me for that <laughs> yeah and that's good you, you gotta own it right you know what like you got yeah. a good six pack you gotta show it off i get judged on for my 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 legs people are like wow you got those sexy like biking legs and i'm just like yeah you know what i do thank you very much yeah um, show them up. Uh, you gotta show them off right that might be my next uh, thumbnail but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's great that, you know, you had noticed, okay, you're getting a little bit of traction and then you really started to dial into it and and and, and see, okay, how, how else can we really deliver value, right? And that's the thing. It was like you guys were, were relatable. You know, Jenna, you were having your, your day, your experience, and then, Je- and then Miguel, you were having your experience, right? And then you're accommodating to two different uh, categories of people that are like, oh, like I relate to that. I understand. And, you know, once you were able to also not not once you were able but because you were utilizing your skills to tell the story uh it was it was it became very um exciting to watch people start to look forward to it um and you know that's what makes you stand out from other youtubers and th- and that's okay like i'm sure they'll get their opportunity as well like i watch many triathlete um couples or, or or triathlete youtubers and you know there's some that i just like like more than others and you know you guys do a great job of that one because it's relatable and and two it's 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 very inspiring um to like you know i would love to be able to quit my job one day and be where miguel's at right and and also say my girl. <laughs> She would love to be able to work from home um, or, or sorry, kind of like remote work and, and be able to, you know, still focus on her training and stuff because she's like, oh, I got to go to work tonight. Like I just did a two hour long bike. Now I'm going to ruin it. Like, you know what I mean? It's oh just like those, those little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just yeah, like the way that you guys share your story and you keep like building on the content and coming up with different ideas and stuff like that, like. It, it, it's it's so important obviously for the growth but you know the biggest thing Miguel that you had said is the community around you that is super supportive around it so it makes it easier for when you guys go and film a location and stuff because they know what you're doing they understand like um, do you guys ever get camera shy or like not want to film something because you're just like oh, I don't know how people are going to react like you ever, oh, absolutely. That was, like, tell me. <laughs> I mean, it definitely took some time to right. get over that. Yeah, um, yeah. So how do you get over I that? Because I'm still like, I'm like, hey, people are looking at us. Put down the camera. <laughs> like, I'm still, oh. <laughs> I still get nervous when I, I mean, this is only like our third or fourth podcast. But like, I'm always, I'm still like, oh. Hey, you guys are doing here? great. You guys are doing um, great, by the well, way. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, talk about your. I mean. <laughs> No, I think it's hard. I mean, it's it's so unnatural to be in front of the camera, I think. In like this Instagram age, people are like, oh, okay, like everybody knows how to talk to a camera now. Right. Or like Mm -hmm. just talk to your phone. But no, it's not natural. And it's not a Mm. natural thing to do in the slightest. Um, I mean, I think we've both gotten a lot better when we started doing it. We were both pretty horrible and I mean, I think I, when we talk to the camera, you say something, I'm like, all right, do that again, because that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> you stumbled. Well, I want to point out <laughs> yeah. that, that Jenna has this a lot harder because 
whatever she says, she knows it's going to end up in the editing room where I have full control over it. Oh, <laughs> so, true. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, honestly... But you're unafraid of any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I I used to be a lot, a lot more self-conscious. And I think in the last year and a half, I've kind of lost that. Um, now I'm pretty shameless in front of the camera and will honestly say whatever comes to mind. So I think it's just a learning curve and realizing that what, I mean, nobody's, nobody's out there to like hate on you. No. Everybody's out there. Like people, if you put yourself out there, most people are going to support you. And I've, I've learned to like focus on that positive energy that comes nine out of 10 times and like put that one out of 10 negative energy behind me and not even think about it because I don't really care what people think about me. It's the whole essence of freestyle try. Just keep doing whatever you want. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing. People catch on when things are staged and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like, it's hard to relate to somebody when it's like perfect across the board right perfect camera perfect mm-hmm. cam- uh, microphone etc right and it's like no you just you just got to get started and um mm-hmm. yeah just going back to feeling comfortable and i think that's the thing too like it, it, who cares right? and I'm, I'm still trying to really conquer that which is so weird because like you know i've done modeling um i've been on tv i've done a lot of things where it's like you know i shouldn't <laughs> feel the way that i'm feeling and like once it's out there in public like like it is what it is. Like I have so many podcasts out now, I have so many um, YouTube videos out. But yeah, it's it's just weird how like you have that one little block um, from that that kind of holds you back from being authentic and like you know not not being shy. And I guess it depends. Like, do you have like certain days where your moods like okay, I just don't want to film right now, or like how do you guys conquer <laughs> those? <laughs> well, now there's not too, too yeah, Jenna, Do you have days like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, it happens more often than not. Um, right. I mean, this is a ri- like it, going back to just how difficult this sport is, and how difficult like yeah. doing it with a full time job is, and like mm. like everyone is stressed about all of this stuff. And then when you have a camera pointed on you, expected to like put on a, a smiling face and like perform for the camera, um, right. Jenna has a, a habit of never doing her best workouts when we like plan a shoot day you know like your swim workouts i remember you keep saying like why is it whenever the camera's on me like when we're in the pool i have a terrible day um but uh yeah i don't know i I mean sometimes we we do put some of that negative stuff in i think it's important like Mm -hmm. you know for sure jenna's adversity like she dealt with a lot of stuff last year and i think it's important to show that stuff um because again to your point it's like it's just relatable like people go through this stuff and if we just showed perfection all the time it would not be (laughs) it would it would be fake yeah (laughs) right yeah um so okay so you plan your days out so now like do you have like okay monday wednesday friday for example you're recording or is it just kind of like you know we're doing something really cool today and let's let's get it on camera and now, and, and to, a second question to add to that um, is how do you guys juggle filming? Like, is it like, okay, make sure you have your phone ready, you can't, like uh, GoPros or two GoPros. Like, how do you like orchestrate that? 
the magic. You want all of our secrets, don't you? Sorry. You know, I... I um, <laughs> well, like, just kidding. No, in a way, yes. Um, yes. Uh, but no, it's just, it's just really cool. Like, you know, I've tried um, filming um, our half Iron Man that we did. We did Iron Man uh, 70.3. I think, yeah, it was last year. And I actually had a friend that volunteered to like come out and, and record for us and stuff like that. And, you know, just mm -hmm. thinking about if I did not have him there to support me, I, I don't think the, the footage would have been as, as good. Um, and then, you know, to think about it, like if I was actually filming it with Aaron, like what the heck would have it turned out like, right? Like how would I have got footage on the bike? How would have I got footage on, mm -hmm. you know, the run and the swim and stuff like, you know, or, or creating the in the entire story of it all, right? So I'm just I'm just curious about how you, like I said, orchestrate it and and and, and do something like that because it's it's a lot to think about because like you're thinking about your race prep, Definitely. your nutrition, um, your sleep, mm -hmm. and now you got a camera. They also got. I know. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I we always joke about how we chose the two most like equipment <laughs> intensive <laughs> hobbies you could imagine. Right. Like yeah. packing for races is a nightmare. So the like packing it. list is horrible because you have mm -hmm. all of your triathlon stuff for three different di disciplines plus your food and then all right. of the camera gear, camera batteries. I don't know, just every everything. Mm -hmm. It's so much. Yeah. Um. We've gotten more sophisticated about like our planning and everything. Like what we've st I mean, last year we weren't working with any brands. It was like okay. literally just for us. So it was yep. like, yeah, we'll just like go out and film whatever and doesn't matter how it turns out. It's just for us and everything. Um, I think, you know, because we're, you know, we want to grow a business in order to give back in some way and, and change the sport for the better, we've you know, started to be more prepared. Like we're now like planning months in advance about like what weekends we want to film and what topics awesome. we want to film. Mm -hmm. um, and when we show up to film on that day, we go in with the mentality of like, well, let's get our workout. Like if we're filming a workout, we're going to get our workout in first yep. and we're going to try to film as much as we can. And if we need to, we'll go back and recreate some of this stuff. Um, the recreation of it is never like, all right, let's act through this, but it's more yeah. like, let's get like these aesthetic shots it's that like we can, pick up shots. Yeah, that right, we can yeah. throw in yeah. and make it look pretty. Um, so, you know, I think there's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still kind of sometimes a mess. It typically is very much a mess. <laughs> um, we try to do everything on the weekends because Jenna is still working every day, all right. day. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, and we just kind of choose topics that like, oh, like, you know, I'm running a 5K, like that's got to be a video. Oh, we're right. going to like go this place for the weekend and go on a bike ride. Let's make a video out of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we hit a block where we're like, what do we make a video on this week? Right. And we have nothing. But um, at this point, I think we've kind of started to go in the direct especially now with the season coming up and like we're, like races are going to start happening really soon yep. and those are just videos you know yep. so um but yeah and then the other part of that question like we it's it's kind of funny watching us like film this stuff because like we're handing the camera back and forth like filming each other right. um races are like to your point you need someone there right to help mm -hmm. like luckily our coach is incredible on camp if we just hand him a gopro 
and he's just like commentating oh, races that's and it's hilarious and so your coach awesome. goes to the majority of your races <laughs> yeah. that's 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 he did last yeah. year yeah so um and he he knows like he he loves doing it for us and it's like also part of his business right, to support yeah. us we support him yeah. you know it's totally symbiotic and um but uh yeah i mean when it's just us it gets very difficult and messy at times for mm-hmm. sure <laughs> yeah i mean the strategy for a race weekend especially is just to film as much as possible like even if you don't want to film right. because you want to focus on your race yeah. and you want to like like think about what is to come um like we're like you know pick up the camera talk to it for a couple of minutes and then you can put it down. Um, I also feel like filming over race weekends has really helped us and really helped you too. just honestly focus less on the race and oh, okay. more on like just that. like enjoying mm. yourself yeah. there. Um, brings you more self-awareness. Less worrying about what could go. It's a good mm-hmm. distraction. Yeah, yeah. And then we also have time to reflect to the camera mm. about our races, which Typically, you're encouraged to do, like, with a pen and paper, you know, write down your thoughts on the race. We do it to a camera. Um, Same with, like, key workouts. Sometimes we'll do the workout on on the camera, and then we'll talk about it. It's always a good exercise. Um, But, yeah, to Jonna's point, too, it's, like, if you have something planned that you want to film and make content around, like, you know, focus on doing the thing. Film as much as you can. And figure out the story, like, when you're editing. Okay. Like, you'll have all the footage, you know. You put it on your computer, you have way too much Mm. footage. But that's where you can kind of, like, think critically about what you want your video to turn out to be or whatever the content is you want it to be. Like, with this podcast, like, (laughs) I'm sure you don't go in knowing exactly, like, where where you want these conversations to go. Like, I have an idea, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, let me get all the content, and if I need to make adjustments, I can do that exactly. in post, and um, so I, I think, uh, you know, the, both of those points, using it as a nice distraction when you're trying to focus on a race, and then also just, like, get as much as you can and figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and just to say, like, like, I don't go into any of my, well, more so now that I've rebranded into the bar high podcast but i'll go into any of these with a question list i just do an intro but i have an idea of like where Mm -hmm. it wants to go so it's kind of like the same thing with you guys like okay you guys know you're going away for the weekend it might and you know the main thing is we're going biking but there's all the little fun things that come along you know getting to that point going through the biking experience and then talking about anything else you know that might have came up along the way right which is makes it a lot more mm-hmm. fun that way i find right it's more organic and for sure um you know it complements freestyle try and um you know just just <laughs> just going back to like you know becoming a, a youtuber being in the sport of triathlon like that's the nice thing about it is like okay it makes you know also in being a, a couple can't forget that is like the things that you guys get to create with one another and go and try out together and, and come up with different ideas to go and explore and you know go on cycling trips or swimming um experiences or running through the trails i think you guys had a video out where you're you're doing some running um at some forest i can't remember exactly where it was off the top of my head like i said in mere woods yeah yeah or yellowstone yes yes i think that that was it like that was a really cool video Mm -hmm. right and you guys are just going out for a run you know and that's the thing it's like i love about this sport 
and and you know what I've been able to um, experience with my my partner is just like the the endless ideas. Like she was just talking about Mont Tremblant, um, seventy point three, and going out there for a week, and wow. you know doing that race, but also going out and hiking. And like I'm like, oh, that'd be such good content. You know what I mean? To get out there and do that. So um, yeah, that's that's the nice mm-hmm. thing about documenting it. Sorry, that was a, another ramble, but yeah, it, it's 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 just so crazy how like how far you could take all of this and the endless content you could you know keep pumping out um but one other thing i did i did like that you had mentioned there jenna was like you know when you guys are getting prepared for your race specifically like yeah you're not like like getting like like almost like um like uh, mental fatigue, just thinking about, you know, how is it going to go? Do I have all my gear or whatever, right? Because, like, that could be very draining um, to an athlete when that's what you're literally just consuming nonstop leading up to the race. But, yeah, having the camera and, and stuff allows you to kind of, like, have that distraction and, and, like I said, look at things from a, a much bigger point of view and also enjoy the experience because i'm sure you guys travel to different places mm-hmm. all around right and and now you're like okay filming it and, and and instead of having your head down being like i got this race i'm gonna win i got this race i gotta win right and yeah so that that's also a, a really good point as well with being a youtuber um what's the future plan now like Jenna, do you also want to get to the point where you could also part ways from your job and, and make this thing like a full-time <laughs> yeah. thing? Or is that too sensitive of a, of a topic to, to talk about? No, no, it's not sensitive. Um, I mean, we definitely are not there yet. Um, I would love to at some point. I think that would be an amazing thing to be able to do, to just focus on building this business with Miguel. Um it's just not going to happen anytime soon, mm. which is fine. It's completely fine because um, we do a good job of running it together, me doing a lot of the work, of the business work, either after work or over the weekends. Um, yeah, just financially it wouldn't happen right now, but if we get a million more subscribers after doing this podcast then maybe oh i hope so (laughs) i also think you've always yeah you've um jenna's always been more uh passionate about her career um you know your position Mm -hmm. as the uh photo and video manager at hungry root is something that excites you um i mean maybe um speaking no, incorrectly no, that's but true. um and that the the career path that that can provide like still excites you and i don't mm-hmm. and and i can see that um i mean their work is work obviously sure. there are times where it can be a drag but um for me like i reached a point in my career at the health tech company that like i just don't like this doesn't excite me at all <laughs> like <laughs> and this triathlon stuff and this youtube stuff is everything I want to be doing. And there wasn't a question in my mind that like, that is solely what I wanted to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. So I think financially aside, like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but financially (laughs) aside, this is like still something you would choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love my job and I love my coworkers that I work with remotely. I love this coworker that I work with across the table from. Um, I think I I like having two things to think about. Right. Um, 
I like having creative outlets in two different places and having Hungaroot as that second place. And then being really excited to work on freestyle try stuff come the weekend yeah. is like a nice break from that. So yeah, that for now I'm I'm loving it. That's awesome, and and it's nice too that it is remote, so you don't have to leave the homestead. I'm sure not too often, um, and and you know still mm-hmm. be in the house and enjoy each other's time. Do you guys have a gym or anything like that in your house? Like, kind of like what I got set up back here. We. Oh, oh, nice. I'm so jealous oh, of that. That's, <laughs> That's gym number one of two. We, oh, no, my no, gosh. No. We, we live in a little apartment, so nothing like that. Yeah, we no. live in a two-bedroom apartment, and one of our bedrooms is, like, for our trainers, Amazing. which is really mm. nice. Just, like, have our bikes set up mm. all the time to really, like, limit that friction at 6 in the morning when you're trying to get on the bike and get a workout yeah. in. Um but no, we just joined a local gym recently because we realized that we were getting scrawny from all of the cardio that we were doing. Right? So. Yeah. Uh, so were you like <laughs> now? I we could go down a whole entire rabbit hole of strength training and all that stuff. And I won't. You know what? We won't go there. We won't go there because I'm sure <laughs> next you probably, time. Yeah, next, next podcast. Time. We'll be yeah, back. Yeah, that would be awesome to to go down that route. Um, on training specifically, um, but no, that's that's good. I'm 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 happy to hear that you guys have that space to be able to you know roll out of bed and, and train. Do you do your um, uh, what's it called that people like living underneath you or above you like have they complained? Be like, what is what is that what is that noise that you oh, have wow. going on? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we are on the bottom floor. Oh, that's or good. Like we only have a garage okay. underneath us. Yeah. So we we are so thankful. Yeah. yeah. Because the trainers just vibe like I think we hit like the resonant frequency of our apartment. So everything just it, like vibrates, like, vibrates through the walls. <laughs> oh wow. And that just goes on for like three like this morning it went on for four hours wow. because yeah. our bike workouts were staggered and <laughs> so we're like, I wonder what they what think, they think this is going is, on. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, thing, like uh, so far our bike trainers no right above me. So if I'm doing a podcast, I hear the whole thing and it's just like a constant oh, no. like, grinding yeah. noise and I'm just like, Oh, my girlfriend did kill me if I tell her to stop working out right now because she's like, this is my time. Yeah. I have to work out. I don't care what you got going on. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to edit out. Um, but no, guys, thank you, thank you so much um, for for making you know time for me today. And I know we had some hiccups trying to figure out what was best um, to to schedule this. And I'm so grateful that we finally got to, you know to to sit down and 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 talk. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy when you see somebody like on screen. You almost like build this relationship with them, and like you don't know them personally, right? And I think that made me mm-hmm. more comfortable to sit down and talk to you guys as well so thank you for that but i was nervous i i didn't know um you know what we were too and i'm happy to hear that because like it's both like i think every time i do a podcast it's honestly like a new experience every single time because you just don't know where Mm -hmm. it's going to go um or if the conversation goes anywhere um which i'm very grateful for i have not had that experience yet where it was just like Oh, like how do you? How are you? Like good? You're like oh, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks for sharing all your secrets with me um, about how to film and YouTube. Um, and no, uh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And I think we pretty much covered everything here. Like um, there's nothing else I could think of like there is a lot of other things we could go down um, <laughs> yeah. but I want to like I said my, my main goal was to kind of dig deeper into like know who you guys were and um, what brought you to where you are today and um, 
yeah, like there's still more room to talk and have another one of these conversations. So once again, before I ramble yeah. on how grateful I am, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I mean, this was uh, this was really fun. It was a great conversation. I'm excited to share this with people. So you're a, uh, you're a great podcast host. Yes. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I'll let you go on with your, your evening and uh, keep in touch. 